It's Brian Preston, the money guy. Restoring order to your financial chaos. Retirement, investing, taxes. You've got financial questions, he's got financial answers. It's Brian Preston, the money guy. This one ought to be a little interesting because we um, I feel like we almost have a studio audience hey, well, here. We got a gallery today. <laughs> so because we, we've actually grown the, the Preston and Cleveland family here. We got Carol kind of um, looking because she's going to take over the duties of the show notes and other things. So it, it's kind of interesting to have her in here. But I want to I will tell you this show because it's we won't have another chance to talk about Halloween because, uh, you know, Halloween's going to come and go before we next Wednesday. The next right? show. I felt like it was interesting just to, so you guys feel like you know us even more so than you do. I went and figured, you know, one of the most entertaining things you can do is go talk to your children because kids say some of the darnest things. I mean, they used to have TV shows about this stuff because it's, it's true. If you listen to your kids, you can kind of see a light into their soul to a degree, you know, by, by how honest they are about things. So I asked my daughter, my nine-year-old, what her favorite things <laughs> that she gets in her Halloween bag are and what her least favorite things are. And I'll share with you what her thoughts were. And I might even go around the room and see who else has some input that they want to share. I also want to tell you something. This isn't even the meat of the show today. This is just the fun filler stuff we're going to talk about. Is I have been, I don't know if infatuated is the word or I, I think obsessed. That's an, I think infatuated is appropriate um, word. The Men Who Built America. History Channel is doing kind of a mini-series. I can't remember how many segments, seven, eight, nine Different segments. Every Tuesday night, they're doing a segment on the men who built America between Vanderbilt, Rockefeller, Carnegie, Ford. I mean, it's truly amazing. I knew a lot about these guys just from past research, but I'd never seen it laid out the way the History Channel is doing it this time. Very very good stuff. And then the actual meat, what you probably showed up here to listen to besides the filler that I just went over – we're going to talk about 529 plans. Um, it's been a few years, I think probably 2009 since we did a 529 show. I think so, um, yeah. We did it right in the middle of the darkness of March, April of um, 2009, right as we were coming through the, the economic recovery, or actually the, the darkness of the economic period there, right after we had the fourth quarter of 2008. So we're going to kind of let you know what Morningstar is saying today about the best 529 plans and college savings. The techniques, and then we're going to compare that to kind of the show we did back in 2009 with what Consumer Reports said were the best plans. And, I, and you know, I can't help myself. I'll probably throw in a few tax tips and other things I know from just working with clients and, and helping people out with their tax planning on, on things they need to make sure they, they don't fall into certain traps. So the first thing, let's do the really fun stuff first. Let's talk about Halloween. I, I will tell you, I, I think I told Bo and I told Nikki, Carol, you weren't here yet, that almost came in in my Halloween costume today. And I was hoping, if, if it had you have done that, we would certainly have to put pictures on the Facebook page. Because we have, we have a, a Halloween party to, that I'm going to tonight with my kids, is my wife, and then we, what, what's fun about this party is it's kind of an all-ages party, but then we take the kids back to the babysitters, and then it's they got like a DJ or something there. So it'll nice. be, it'll be a, an adult's party too, so it'll be really fun. I'm going as a biker. My wife is going as a biker. So I was going to have all my fake tattoos, some fake facial hair. It, it, it's, it's a cool look. Well, what are the odds we can get a picture of that up on, up on the website? I might be able to get you something. <laughs> okay, okay. I pull it off. No, it looks good on you. I mean, I, I pull it because I've, I've come back to this costume from a three-year break because it's backed by popular demand, I guess you'd say. <laughs> Let's just say I can pull a sleeve off. I didn't think I could, but, you know, even with my scrawny arms, tattoos look good on me. Um, so I thought about doing that, and then I was like, well, guys, we can do it next Wednesday because that's actually Halloween. 
But then I found out we have a prospect that's meeting right. that day. So that's don't know how well that goes over. Hey, let us help you with your portfolio. Check out my sleeve, my yeah, sleeve of so tattoos. Probably not gonna be able to dress up in howling. I don't know how a prospect is gonna view a guy with fake facial hair <laughs> right, sitting across right. the table from him. But I got the idea going through the internet, doing some some podcast research. What's the five? I asked my daughter what was the five favorite things that come out of our Halloween bag. We got more than five things because she just couldn't cut it off at five. What she came back with, this first one's a little bizarre, but I said, Avery, are you sure you got that? She said, small stuffed animal. See, I, I've never, when I was, when I, and now it's been maybe a year or two since I've gone trick or treating. Um, I never got little small stuffed animals. She very well could have, though. I mean, I, I can't. It, it might have been some little dinky Happy Meal. Somebody was trying to cheap out, <laughs> and they didn't have anything. Somebody and they hear knocking on the door, and they run and they see some Happy Meal toys, and they throw it in the bag. And my daughter probably thought that was the greatest thing because that was the very first thing she mentioned. The next thing she mentioned were anything that's Reese's. Oh, okay, that's that absolutely. That's probably my fault. I um, raised my daughter on peanut butter. Thank God we don't have peanut allergies in my family because I'm half peanut butter. If you are <laughs> what you are, which is what you eat, I'm half peanut butter because that's I, I run out of money in college. I went on the peanut butter diet because I go buy a loaf of bread and a jar of peanut butter, and I was good, and I'm happy with that, and I still am happy. It's kind of a timeless meal for me. Snickers. She loves some Snickers. Of course. I thought this one, next one was interesting because you'll see how I bring this full circle Seinfeld-esque with she named ring pops and suckers, and you'll see why in a minute. While that's very important um, in the hard candy category, okay. She liked Kit Kats, or she described the one that has the commercial where you break things. And, <laughs> um, she liked fruit roll-ups, which when I was going through this, you know, beforehand when talking to people, fruit roll-ups was not that popular. But right. um, she she liked that. Bubble gum was also very popular. Okay. My wife, just giving you some adi- additional perspective, she likes the Milky Way dark. Okay. Now, Carol, putting you on the spot, what did you say your favorite thing was? Banana Laffy Taffy. Banana Laffy Taffy. That's a solid choice. Obviously, no dentist in the family. <laughs> <laughs> Bo, what did you say your favorite thing was? You know, I'm a, I'm a chocolate guy, too. I'm right there. The Snickers, the Kit Kats, the Twixes. I'm with you. I like the coconut, the almond joys. All right, whoa, whoa. You're getting out of order. Just because we talked about this in pre-planning Sorry. doesn't mean Sorry, you break, got... break the, the order here. Um, I will tell you, as a kid, I remember we had a, Mr. Milius, Dick Milius, lived down the street from me. I lived in a small neighborhood growing up. He gave out full-size candy bars every year. That's clutch. I looked forward to going to Mr. Milius's house because he had full-size candy bars. I was surprised my daughter didn't mention that. It's probably because we don't have anybody giving out full-size candy bars in the neighborhood, including me. It's a tough economy. Um, I asked her what the least favorite things were, and she mentioned juice box. And I said, well, what, what do you have against juice boxes? She says, Dad, they always give them to you hot. They don't oh. ever put. They don't ever refrigerate them before they give them to you. So if you try to drink them because you're thirsty out there, you know, doing the trick or treat thing, they're always hot. Yeah, so, luke, so if you go, lukewarm if juice. If you go do the do juice it. box, make sure you you, you chill them first. Um, melted candy, and I can I can appreciate that because you know I think a lot of people probably go to Walmart, Target, and buy their candy, and then it gets hot outside, it melts, and then instead of replacing it, they just give it out to the kids, and you know it. It molds in these weird shapes right. in the package that it's not supposed to be. She mentioned, which I put a smiley face next to, Almond Joy Mounds. That's my one of my favorites, of actually. So I'm the only one in the house that likes coconut like that, so I, I eat them all. <laughs> They've probably gone three hours after trick-or-treating, actually. That's awesome. Um, she mentioned Jawbreakers. She said they're too sour. And then on the same kind of candy category on the sour side, Sweet Tarts. 
She said she doesn't like sweet tarts because they are sour, and she doesn't like how they feel in her mouth, which I think is that chalky yeah, texture kind of thing, texture yeah. feeling that bothers her. Um, she said pencils. I said, what are you talking about, pencils? She goes, Dad, people give you pencils for how for Halloween, and we already have a ton of pencils at the house. So I don't, I don't want more pencils. That's very logical. Um, and then this is the kind of the catch-all that she had on what things she, she really doesn't like getting for Halloween. Hard candy. And that's a catch-all because she said sweethearts, lifesavers, smarties, those are all hard candy, which she finds that she doesn't like, huh. with the exception of ring pops and suckers. So okay. if they have a stick on them or a ring attached to them, they're okay. you, you get a bypass. But otherwise, they're not acceptable. So I thought that was awesome, just getting that perspective from my daughter. The other thing before we get into the meat of the show, um, let's talk about the men who built America. And, and I'm going to go on a limb. I have not been watching it on Tuesday nights when it actually comes on. If you actually go to the History Channel website, you can stream the entire episodes. Holy cow. Yeah, it's, it's good stuff. I mean, it, it is absolutely incredible to, to watch these guys and say, wow, how, how did their minds work like that back then? Here, here's what History Channel has on their website. It kind of is a summary of what this, this series is. It says, John Rockefeller, Cornelius Vanderbilt, Andrew Carnegie, Henry Ford, and J.P. Morgan – rose from obscurity and in the process built modern America. Their names hang on street signs, are etched onto buildings, and are part of the fabric of history. These men created the American dream we are and were the engine of capitalism as they transformed everything they touched in building the oil, rail, steel, shipping, automobile, and finance industry. Their paths crossed repeatedly as they elected presidents, set economic policies, and influenced major events on the 50 most formative years in this country has ever known. From the Civil War to the Great Depression and World War I, they led the way. Um, it goes on, it says, using state-of-the-art computer-generated imagery that incorporates 12 million historical negatives, many made available for the first time by the Library of Congress. That's pretty interesting. This series will bring back to life the world they knew and the, one they, and the world they created. The event series will show how these men took a failed experiment in democracy and created the greatest superpower the world has ever seen. We see how their historic achievements came to create the America of today. And the reason they talk about the failed experiment of democracy is primarily because all this happened right after the Civil War. Right. And a lot of the world stage, when they saw America, North and South, battle each other, brother versus brother, to the world we were a failed democracy. Right. So it's kind of interesting that they labeled it that way, and then to go through the historic change of America. Truly amazing stuff. What I think is really neat, and it kind of ties in with some of the podcasts we've done in the past, is you and I will come in in the mornings and we'll kind of talk about some of the common threads that you see run through either relationally between these guys or even some of kind of the ways they're wired. It's very interesting to see, you know, the common traits that these super, super successful men or individuals had. I think I, I'm probably fascinated by it because I see true entrepreneurs are willing to take risks that I just would not feel comfortable with. Right. I consider myself somewhat of an entrepreneur because I own several businesses, but it's just like, I, you know I have a fascination with Walt Disney. Right. Walt Disney started Walt Disney. He had some success. They had created some financial independence for him, and it just wasn't enough. He went and took every bit, including mortgaging his house, right. to create the Snow White film. The Snow White film then was a masterful success, but he didn't know that. Right. I mean, he was creating a genre that didn't exist. Yep. It's visionary. It is. Uh, it was, it was, it was Jack Welch in the, in the 
men who built America say he saw around corners. Yep. And that, that's an amazing skill set to have. And these guys all had the same thing. Vanderbilt, which I thought was amazing. The reason he's known as the Commodore, the Commodore, Commodore yeah. is because he was a ship magnet. He had, he had some of the biggest ship ownings in the world. He had built his entire fortune on ships. And then out of the blue, he saw around the corner and realized, I need to get out of ships. They're, they're going to be gone. They're going to be done. It's just not going to be as prominent because there's this new thing called railroads that are coming on board with the steam engine. So he sold all the ships he owned and then put everything into the rail industry, and he was right. Uh-huh. I mean, that stuff is amazing. And then I'm also surprised that it was truly the Wild Wild West back then. The, the ruthlessness to win right. really was amazing. I mean, between cutting off very highly profitable divisions of your business just so you can break another businessman um, to win the game in the end. That, that stuff's pretty amazing. I think it's interesting, too. You know, they interview current day, you know, very. they have, you know, Donald Trump on there, Mark Cuban, Jack Welch, all these current day titans of industry. And it's interesting to hear them kind of talk about the parallels of how, how much the business world has changed, but also how much it's kind of stayed the same, yeah. you know, over the last 100, 150 years. Well, that's why you, you see a lot of these guys, you see what books they read. The art of war and right. other things like that. It's because a lot of these strategies are timeless right. on, on how they think. I will tell you, I think a lot of these guys, you'll get an appreciation. A lot of people think that you luck yourself into success. You'll hear about how much these guys work. It, it, they, a lot of them willed their way through this because I was it. really shocked. A lot of them really is, I, as my saying that I share with Bo all the time is zero to one is that these guys, a lot of them came from very broken households. Mm-hmm. Father wasn't at, how, at the house. You know, single mother raising them. They had to go had to start, start working, working at seven, eight, nine years old to, to provide money for the family. Somehow that stuff stuck to the fact that some of them were running companies by the time they were 24. Of course, they probably, you know, the, the life, expectancy, life expectancy was 42 back right, then. Right. So by 24, you're an old man at a company. <laughs> but um, still, it's pretty interesting to kind of see that stuff. Go check it out. History Channel. I think it's just history.com. If you mm-hmm. want to, they, they're prominently featuring it. Let's get into the meat of today's show. Because a lot of you guys, probably everybody who's got kids, you're asking yourself, what do I do about college savings? Um, these 529s are pretty prominent now. Everybody's got them, it seems. All states do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you listen to the consumer advocates and they tell you these 529s are great. And you're saying, what do I do? How do I? There's, there's so many of them. So many that Morningstar, as they did their annual rating of them, rated 64 different plans. And on, on the baseline, why is a 529 a good thing? What's great about 529s, what kind of makes them revolutionary, is that, you know, because remember in the past, just taking you back, just because I'm doing the whole history thing, a lot of people used to save for college with savings bonds. Right. Because, you you know, there was these exemptions where if you use the savings bonds for college, you could get some tax-free benefit. Well, but savings bonds, especially as you can imagine right now with interest rates being nil, they wouldn't do you much good right. at this point. So new products came about years ago called these 529s, that if you use the money for college, tax-free. Tax-free growth. You put ten grand into a 529 plan, it's worth twenty grand by the time your kid goes to college. They get to use twenty grand for college and not pay income taxes on anything. Right. So that's great. And then another great benefit is a lot of states, including Georgia, that's where we are based out of, but a lot of the other states offer them too. We've run into it with some of our clients. If you join the state plan in the state that you live in and that you pay taxes in, They'll give you a tax deduction. Like Georgia's $2,000 tax deduction per child 
no matter what you make. You can make $5 million a year and you're still going to get to take that $2,000 deduction on your state income taxes, which works out with a 6% rate at about $120 of your $2,000 is being funded by the state government through tax breaks. Pretty awesome. Pretty incredible stuff. I mean, it's kind of like a 401k. You're getting a 6% guaranteed rate of return if if you take advantage of these things. So between the tax benefits, the state benefits, these things are worth looking at. Before I go through the rating, I do want to give you, and this is for Chuck, brand new client of ours, different state. Chuck doesn't, you know, people wonder, how do you come up with show topics? We had a client meeting with a brand new client who um, lives in a different state, and we were talking about college savings. Right. And I was just going through some things, and then I remembered I needed to share with him because he has a, a, he's done a good thing saving for college for his kids with his 529, and he's got one that's in college. And I, I remembered, I said, you know, look, you got to be careful with some of the 529 money with some of these educational credits. Now, you, you know, a lot of people will phase out of some of these credits because of income, but there are some new credits. The American Opportunity, make sure I get the name right. Yeah, Bo. it's the American Opportunity Credit, you know, the HOPE Credit, yeah, I mean, the name for it. What, what, the way these products work, or not products, these credits for tax purposes, $4,000 for college, you get a $2,500 credit dollar, you know, that's a, that's a, Taken off your taxes. So that's a, it's a $2,500 off your taxes. The problem is if you use 529 money for all of your college expenses and didn't allocate any to the, the, the credits, you don't get to take both. It's an either or process. They don't want you double dip essentially. Exactly. So, and, and I, I tell people, and I don't want to go too much down the rabbit hole because believe me, we get into taxes, you can get very detail oriented and, and probably put a lot of you to tears and put you to sleep out there. But just think of this. Let's use a very simple example. $20,000 is what college is going to cost you this year with room and board, tuition, other fees, activity fees. You allocate $4,000 for the American you know, Education Opportunity Credit. So this is for your, your first or second year students. You put $4,000. So now you have to take four out of the 20. So you've got $16,000 that you could allocate towards the 529. So you'd pull sixteen thousand dollars out of your five twenty nine. You'd pay for the other four thousand with some other means, so right. you don't cut yourself off from that credit. Now, if you pulled the full twenty thousand out of your five twenty nine, you now would no longer be able to take the credit unless you paid penalties and interest on the earnings from that five twenty nine. Because okay. that is your catch all. Because sometimes people get caught; they don't know about this stuff until they're in their meeting with their tax preparer, and the tax preparer goes, "Oh." You did the right thing by doing the 529, but you've really shot yourself in the foot on this five because you didn't take advantage of this education credit. But good news, since your 529 is only up $900 and the credit's $2,500, let's do this. Let's pay income taxes on the $900. Negligible, let's, right? Let's pay the 10% penalty on the $900. Right. And then let's take the education credit and just exempt out of taking the, the 529 benefit. Okay. You can do that. But it's just better if you don't get yourself in that situation. Plan- planning ahead will keep you keep you from having to worry about all that. Uh, planning is all things. If you put the roadmap up, you know, put the roadmap to work for you, you're going to be in a better place. By the way, guys, if I'm fading out, I have a <laughs> microphone issue. This thing. It's almost comical to watch it happen. I, you guys are probably being entertained in the background because this thing, I don't see it. It's kind of like, you know, slow move. It slow, fades down, then I lift it up. It's starting it at noon down. and then it ends at four o'clock. And then you I, move back I, to noon, back to four o'clock. I blame it on the roadie who sets all this stuff up. I don't know who that could possibly be, but the roadie who sets this stuff up is really screwed up. But, um, 
but that's why if I fade in and out, and Bo, you better through the magic of science and 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 sound. We got a top-notch producer on this. You're gonna be able to hopefully fix this stuff. Uh, before we, but I hopefully did that make sense? What I was talking yeah, about no, with the educational credits. Absolutely. Take take advantage of the incentives that the federal government and the state governments are going to give you to help you pay for college. Take advantage of them and do them in the most optimal, efficient ways possible. Morning stars, you guys know, come out with their ratings every year on five twenty nine plans. As I've already kind of let the cat out of the bag, they have sixty four plans that they rated this year, and. What I want to do is kind of go over the criteria and then tell you kind of the end results of what they came up with and then get into the dirt of it um, or the details. They rate it on five different criteria. They are, first, people. Are the managers and researchers directing the plan's investments skilled and well-supported? Okay, so that's that's very important, as you can imagine. Process. Are the strategies sensible and are past successes likely to be repeated? Are the asset allocation and fund selection for the age-based options based on solid research and implemented well? And the reason the age base is so important is because most people's money is in age-based type 529 plans. That's what I have all of my kids in is because I, I, I like that. It's on autopilot, essentially. Mm-hmm. As they get older, as they get closer to college, the portfolios get more conservative. You're going to have more bonds and cash as they get closer to, to college age, and they don't want that volatility. Number three, parent. Is the program manager a good caretaker of College Savers Capital? Is the state managing the plan professionally? Number four, performance. Has the plan delivered strong risk-adjusted performance, and is it likely to continue? And then number five, the last of the criteria is, of course, price. Are the investment options a good value? Do state tax benefits defray cost? So those are their five criteria. I thought it was interesting kind of going back to the front, because they had a, a sister article. It was kind of related because they came out with all this stuff mid-October. was kind of giving some a lot of pages of research, but I'm going to give you the meat. This is why you listen to the show so you don't have to go do all this research. You let us do it to a large degree, and we can get you links to some of this stuff that has links. But on page two of this, um, this sister article that they have called, Is Your 529 College Savings Plan Charging Too Much? On page two, it's got what the median expense ratio is for the different type of plans. And when I say different type of plans, I'm talking about direct sold, meaning that are these plans it's an, a, that you can either buy directly by just going to the website, downloading the applications, and doing it yourself. Or is it an advisor sold plan where you have to actually go and get somebody to sell this plan for you? So of the direct sold plans that are passive, meaning they're using index funds, the average expense ratio is 0.36. So 0.36 is the average. So what the reason I'm giving you these guidelines is because I want you to go home, pull out your 529 statement, or when you're doing your research, and just look and see, am I below average? Am I above average on what the median expense ratio and internal expenses are? Because that's going to give you a guideline just of how well your plan is from a fee and expense you know, area. So, like I said, the, the direct sold passive average is 0.36. The direct sold active, which means they have a manager who's trying to add alpha by making choices of, is this stock better than other stocks? Or, you know, is this bond better than other bonds? That average, because you are paying for a manager, jumps up from 0.36 for the passive option to the average for the active is 0.95%. The direct sold blend, meaning that you've got a mix of some index funds, you've got a mix of some managers within the direct sold um, category, their average is 0.62. 
The advisor sold passive, meaning they're using index funds is 0.78. The advisor sold active is 1.21%. And the advisor sold blend are 1.07. I will tell you guys, and you know, no offense to the advisor sold plans, but I like the direct purchase plans. Right. Um, I have my kids in the TIA Cruft plan here, right here in the state of Georgia, even though I do this for a living. I'd rather buy it directly from the, the, the person sell, you know, the company directly, getting the t- state tax benefit. That's so powerful to me. And then I even use the age-based plans. It's worked out beautifully. So plus you're saving some money on the fees and expenses. I have no problem paying fees and expenses if you can add that alpha. If you can show me you can add value, which is what we try to do for our clients, mm-hmm. I'm willing to pay it. But for college plans, which you don't have that money working for that long, you know, you're typically looking at 10 to 18 years at the most. Right. A lot of times, I just don't know if you're you're getting that much value from some of these advisor plans. So we actually recommend the the direct purchase plans a lot. Um, that's let's jump into the actual meat of the Morningstar ratings. They rated funds either where you want to be on the list is gold, silver, or bronze. Now, when I first heard, I was like, gold, silver, bronze. Well, bronze stinks. <laughs> who, who wants bronze? Right. But then I found out looking at the criteria and how they did this. Bronze is perfectly good. If you got on either the gold, silver, or bronze, you got great plans. So, so look at that. Um, the ones you don't want to end on, they have a neutral base, which I guess means it's okay. They're kind of saying as long as you have tax benefits in your state, might not be the worst thing in the world. But then they had a list of bad. Um, you definitely don't want to be on the bad, and it's typically because they had high expense structures. But let's look at of the sixty-four plans. They gave four plans gold ratings. They gave four plans silver ratings. And then they gave a total of 19 plans bronze. So that, that shows that they more over, only, you know, very few, less than half made it on either the gold, silver, or bronze category. Um, I asked myself, just as I kind of led in with, we did an analysis of this back in 2009 with Consumer Reports. It was called Saving Plans That Make the Great. And just to set this up for you, Consumer Reports, when they did this money lab, I think this actually came from the Money Advisor, which, you know, is the separate newsletter that Consumer Reports sends out. This was titled March of 2009. Like I said, it's the Money Lab for Saving Plans that Make the Grade. They went and looked at how these age-based plans held up during the downturn of the economy. Right. Because 2008, as we all know, the wheels came off the financial system. So that is a great time. If you want to know how good your advisor is, go look at how they did in 2008 and the first part of 2009. And that's exactly what Consumer Reports did. And I'll be happy to announce that the five plans that they have is the best category, which I was very excited to see. Georgia is the top of the list on Consumer Reports research through TIA-CREF. Four of those plans did make it back on the Morningstar list as bronze plans. Excellent. So, so it worked out. Um, I thought it was interesting that three of the funds on the five worst consumer reports now have better alternatives. So I'm sure these high price plans that from consumer reports are still out there, and you still go lose your money in those too. <laughs> but it looks like these states caught a clue and added better low-cost options. So just jumping in, I will tell you, Just I think I'll name off the four gold, right. the four silver, but then I want to just point out a few of the um, bronzes. I'll point out the bronzes that were on the Consumer Report list, too. And you can go find the whole list. We'll give you a link to that. But the four gold was um, we had the Arkansas plan with T. Rowe Price. We had the Maryland plan for that's also managed by T. Rowe Price. We had the Utah Educational Savings Plan, which 
by the way, that's Vanguard. Um, we've been using the back before Georgia. Georgia was the fiftieth state to add a five twenty nine right. plan. Kind of embarrassing, you know, that we were so far behind here in the state of Georgia. But back before we had the Georgia five twenty nine plan, I was using the Utah plans for a lot of our clients. It's good to see that they got the gold standard. Nevada has the Vanguard five twenty nine plan through You Promise. Um, the silver rated was. Um, I think I got that backwards. I said Arkansas. I think that's a, that's actually Alaska, isn't it, Bo? Yeah, I think I think Alaska is the one that was the Who gold rated. Who would have rated. thought Alaska has uh, is actually a gold rated? Arkansas actually has the silver rated. Um, that what you promised plan. Michigan has a TIA five twenty nine plan that, that, that called the Mi- Michigan Education Savings Program. Ohio has the College Advantage College Advantage five twenty nine savings plan, and then Virginia has College America, which is Done by American funds. So those eight were the gold and silver, right? Yep. But here's the here's the bronze ones that I want to draw attention to. You've got Colorado. Colorado, the College Invest direct portfolio managed through You Promise, which by the way, if I haven't told you in a while, <laughs> You Promise and Ebates is free money, guys. You Promise is for college. You can get three, five, ten percent back on whatever you buy online or at the, buy at the grocery store, it goes towards college. I think I'm close to a thousand bucks of free money for my kids' college savings from You Promise alone. So go make sure you're checking out. When you hear me talk about You Promise all the time, go to youpromise.com. Check out how you can get on these dining programs, how you can get on this online shopping. It's just a tool. It's a process. Whenever I shop on the internet, I go to You Promise. And then, or I go to Ebates. Yep. Because I like, now Ebates just gives you straight up cash. You promise gives you money towards your kid's college. Goes into a 529 that you link to it. I will tell you, they're not always equal. Sometimes Ebates is better. Sometimes you promise is better. So you go check them out both. Whenever you do an online shopping, go get you a coupon code and also go and make sure you can get you some free money from you promise or, um, like I said, Ebates, but that's because you know, you promise is all over this thing. So I felt like I needed to kind of go on that sidebar. But Colorado, like I said, has a you promise college invest direct portfolio that was also on the consumer reports list. Georgia has the path to college 529 plan that is the TIA CREF plan that was also on the consumer reports list. You had the Iowa, the college savings Iowa 529 plan, which was a Vanguard plan. And then you had Illinois had the bright start college savings. Um, that looks like it was managed by the Oppenheimer Group, um, which is now titled OFI Private Investments. Back in when it was Consumer Reports, they just listed it as Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. So very interesting that a lot of those plans kind of carried over. Right. Really good stuff. But anything before I give the negatives of this? I mean, did you have any insight on any of that? No, I think I think if you haven't been utilizing 529s and college saving is something that you're at a point to do and you're wondering the best way to do it, you should definitely look at it. Um, an interesting thing to note, if you have a 529 plan, you don't have to do your state's 529 plan. You can actually be in any state and do a 529 plan in any other state, and that doesn't mean that your kid has to go to school in that state. So, for example, if you live in California, you could do the New York 529 plan and send your kid to school in Wyoming. It doesn't have to, you don't have to stay tied down to whichever 529 plan you're using. There are some, though, I, I will tell you, though, some do give you better benefits if you're a state resident. Absolutely. Though. So make sure you understand the kind of the asterisks or notes on it when you're reading the paperwork, because sometimes if you're an in-state resident, there are some added benefits, some carrots, as I like to say, right. that encourages you to use that plan. Um, the plans that they listed as bad uh, on, on the Morningstar list, like I said, they did 64 plans, and here's the four that did poorly. 
You have um, the, the Kansas Schwab plan. It's an American century management plan. Um, they did not like it, so it was very fee-laden. They, they, they shot down the Schwab plan. Minnesota College Savings Plan is a TIA tuition financing, so that's a little different. I, was a little, on how that's I thought that was a little unique to see a TIA plan and then on the negative. Poor Rhode Island, and I think you know Rhode, Rhode Island has two funds. One's the direct base, and the other's advisor based, um, advisor sold plan. The college bound fund, the two different versions. They obviously they they blamed it on the manager's poor performance. Um, I'm not going. You know, feel like I won't pile on them any right. more than they already have. But they and they also said these poor performers have been on their poor poor performers list in the past. So it's it kind of sounds like they're trying to knock on the door and say, catch a clue, guys. Let's kick it up a degree here. So if you're in one of those states, you you might want to see what your options are outside the state in terms of five twenty nine plans. But man, we have I feel like we just went around the world in about thirty minutes because not only have we talked about Halloween, we talked about building America, right? And then we kind of talked about building our children to build America by doing 529 plans. That's what we try to do here, guys, and I really appreciate y'all tuning in. Hopefully we didn't go too far all over the place that we kept you engaged. Um, I want to thank you once again. We've been getting tons of positive feedback um, from you guys on iTunes. We'd love to have you sign up and you know just to follow us. Go to the website. Go check out money-guy.com. I should have probably done this on the front end because we, you know, just in case we dropped people off. You can write the show at Brian B R I A N at money-guy.com or Bo B O at money-guy.com. Bo, I see you got something to add. Yeah, I just want to throw one thing. This will actually, and you know, we we try as much as we can to never get into politics. However. Uh, we are. This will be the last podcast that we release before election day. So go out and vote. Uh, you know, it, it's a right that we have in this country that not everyone around the world has. So either side that you fall on, whoever you support, make sure you go out and exercise that right. That's a very important thing to do. Well, I've already heard you mention. So does this mean you're voting for Donald Trump since you mentioned him <laughs> on the uh, Men Who Built America? I don't think he's going to make my right in ballot. <laughs> okay, I just wanted to make sure. But guys, thank you so much for listening. Like I said, we have a free subscription. If you want to just go sign up and register your email address. We'll send you out blast emails whenever we come up with new content. Or if you want to kind of see behind the curtains, see what we do for our clients with um, quarterly commentary as well as get to all of our archives, go sign up for a premium membership. It's a little over 29 bucks. Money-guy.com. Thanks so much, guys. We'll talk to you in about two weeks. The Money Guy podcast is hosted by Brian Preston. And Brian Preston is a partner with Preston & Cleveland Wealth Management. Preston and Cleveland Wealth Management is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities and Exchange Commission in accordance and compliance with securities laws and regulations. Preston and Cleveland Wealth Management does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Money Guy podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.